We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And now, live from Offside Sports Bar and Grill, 680 Southeast Wood Drive in Woodstock, it's time for the Scores Miller Lite Top Draft Show with your hosts, Gabe Ramirez and Mark Grody, presented by Miller Lite. It's Miller time on Sports Radio 670, The Score, Chicago's home for Bears fans, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Another opportunity for you to come win some tickets to go watch the Bears on Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings. That's what we're giving away today, Mark. That's a future game. It's going to be a nice one. Oh, look at that. Get wings dropped off right to me. That's what's up. Get your little Nathan Peterman. I can't wait for that. Uh, Mark Grody, Gabe Ramirez. We are live at Offside Sports Bar and Grill. They have a a basketball rim right there. That's pretty cool. I wish Uh these tables weren't here so we could shoot around a little bit. I imagine we could probably make a request to, to clear them and get a basketball. I mean, we're in a, we're in a great, we are top of the key right now. Yeah. We are elevated. <laughs> I mean, we're like in the DJ. We're on the stage right man. now. Yeah. No, we're all on stage. I like we're like it. rocking out. I like it. They got it. a stage for you here. They got some some pool tables, some really good dart dartboards over there as well. They, they got like Pippin jersey. They got a Rodman jersey up there as well. This, I like it. This place is nice. You ever been out to Woodstock? I have not. I am impressed though. Like the the whole area, even my my drive here. I'm coming from Lake Forest, right? And there was a lot of long, winding, dark, no traffic, no issues whatsoever. But I'm like, oh, I'm in a new world. Yeah, I'm in the new world, looking for spices and whatnot. There were some moments where I was driving. I don't even know what road it was, but there was just no houses. It was just nothing but land and fields. And that always the makes me a little nervous. Yeah. As a city kid, uh-huh. you know, growing up, I'm used to lights and noise and ambulances. Uh, and yeah, I, no, I got so. kind of the same. By the way, I have to give a couple of oh, shout outs here it. today. Uh, in the audience right now is a score great. Julie Swika is out here tonight. Julie Swika. I love yeah. it. Julie, what's yeah, up? Yeah, Julie is a former score reporter, a former score host, and somebody who I don't even know if she remembers this, kind of showed me the ropes in a lot of ways and in the reporting and anchoring world, like literally where I go at a ballpark or how I'm supposed to do an update or how long it should be or whatever. So, yeah. Well, I'll be sure to ask a couple questions as well while you're here. We appreciate having you. Yeah, so Julie's here. And then uh, the Rambling Grimace in the house as well. You just throw (laughs) throw it in there like that and Rambling Grimace is here. Well. well, yeah, Rambling Grimms got me in trouble at the 30th anniversary party. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Uh-oh. You talked me into taking it out to the VIP area, and then what do you do? Mitch gave me Mitch gave me a scolding after that. Uh-oh. Who let him out? Grody let him out here. 
So it became a finger pointing moment yeah, where so people were like, "What? Well, who did that? And yeah, this so, guy." Yeah, so I, I hope you're here to apologize. I hope that's why you're here wow, today. I like that. I'm Can kidding. I love your rambling girl. Go ahead. I love you. We have time. Are you yeah. apologizing? Oh, that was good. <laughs> That'll do. I, you know what? I accept your apology. Look at that. I do. Uh, if, I you, do. if you guys want to come out, hang out with us. We are going to be here till ten o'clock. Uh, they got some good food. You know, you know the food is good when they're advertising fried chicken in the bathroom. Oh, oh, oh. So, so I'm at the urinal. And I'm like, oh, this this got to be phenomenal chicken here. If they're shoving it in my face right here while I'm using the restroom. That's the first thing you said to me when I got up in the stage. Man, the food looks good food here. It looks good. I got so, some wings. I, I like it all. The vibe is right. Here. All right. So, again, we are going to be here until 10 o'clock hanging out. Tickets to the Bears game on Sunday. Also an opportunity for you to get on the field at Soldier Field next season. Make sure you guys come out to offsides. Uh, but let's uh, start the show the way we always do with the trifecta. Let's get this thing started. Three. That's a magic number. Morrell going to third. He will slide. He's got a triple. Bulls trying to get over. Fires away. It's over. The Bulls win at the buzzer. Number three. Number three. In no particular order, I was out at Hallis Hall today, and we got to talk to the coordinators. So we're going to hear from all three coordinators. Luke Getze, you know, everything becomes big picture now that the season is essentially over. Whatever progress has been made with Justin Fields, the Bears are, as we sit here, last in passing. To be totally honest with you, I don't look at it like... I don't look and see that we're first in rushing. I don't look at it and see we're last in passing. I don't. I really don't evaluate it each week like that. I think as the season ends and I begin to evaluate, you know, how we can grow as a team and where we need to go. That balance has to happen. Yes, uh, I think that to be sustain sustainably good, you have to have more balance, and that's real. We know that, but we look at each individual on our team and we say, how do, what's the best way for us to win a game? And that's we're going to take that approach every single week as far as as long as I'm here. I like the transparency, and that's something that we've experienced from Lugetti all season long. I mean, listen, he's being real. We looked at the roster. We saw the best way for the Bears to win games, and we decided to execute a game plan that would give us the best opportunity to do that. And he hasn't shied away from that. I mean, even when the instances during the season when you're playing Atlanta, when you're playing Detroit the first time, going up against defenses that were at the bottom of the league and passing defense, you thought, okay, these were the moments to throw the ball 30 times, 35 times. Luke Getzey was like, no, we're running it. Yeah. We're keeping a balanced attack. Yeah. I, I always go back to the second game of the season, the game at Green Bay, where as we – We're going to run the ball down their throats. And, and they did. I mean, they successfully ran the football, but that was not enough to beat Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers or most NFL teams. So I like the tone of Luke Getzey too because it's all sort of – all they're doing is confirming what we knew and what we've been talking about. So if you're a Bears fan, you can know you're right. It's sort of like with Matt Eberflus, with what he said to us the other day in regards to why is it such an upbeat locker room? Why does it feel successful around here? And he said, because, you know, we played a lot of first and second year players this year. Right. It's about that. And then he also said, our quarterback developed. And what has anybody, any everybody has wanted exactly that. Let's see a few players develop and damn it, let's make sure that there's a quarterback after this season is over. Does it bother you at all, Mark Grody, that there isn't an emphasis? Because it, they also talked about evaluating the talent. And so I guess I get a bit confused where it's like, hey, we're going to do the best thing to do to win, which is run the ball. But we're also evaluating the talent. 
but we don't want to give him the opportunity to throw the ball a ton so we can actually evaluate that. Isn't that contradictory? It does get a little bit tricky. I mean, for I, I guess if you're a receiver on the Bears and you are essentially trying out to to be that, don't expect a lot. But ironically, the first guy on the Bears to get an extension to his name is Equinemia St. Brown, who is, he's made some big catches. He's had some bad moments as well, but he is like an all-purpose, he's a blocker. And, you know, we talked to him about that today. And he just, he just, yeah, I think they just like me as a complete player. Okay, uh, let's go to number two. Number two. I'll just put it this way for Bears defensive coordinator, Alan Williams, you know, he, he's got to pass this year and I, I understand it. I, I think I understand We've it. We've questioned think, it at times okay. during the season. And, and we can. And I think most Bears fans have just because you can see exactly what is on the roster and you can see the trades that were made. They, they got rid of Khalil Mack and Roquan Smith and Robert damn Quinn. So it's hard to have expectations. But the pressure on the Bears defense is coming. Is something unlocked with Bayless Jones on kick returns? Nope. I mean, is he, is he there now? I, I would never say any player is there. I, I just would say that the guys, there's always room for improvement as there is in coaching, as there is in every. If you have patience uh, this year, next year it should happen, right? We should see the result. <laughs> well, every, everyone wants to put a timeline on it. Hey, it should happen by game four or it should happen by game six, but I'm not going to put a timeline on it. I'm not going to let anyone nail me down to game one, game two, game three. It happens as it happens, and it happens as you build it, and we're going to keep staying true to it, keep working at it. But what do you see that maybe we don't that tells you there's going to be an improvement next year? I, I see guys improving at little by little. Kyler Gordon has gotten better. Eddie, before he got hurt, I, I'd say that uh, Eddie should have been uh, in the Pro Bowl. Brisker is playing very, very well. Uh, before Jack Sanborn got hurt, he was a topic of discussion uh, each week, and we said, uh, hey, he looks like a, a real starting linebacker. I love the fact that, it, you know, he, he highlighted the guys that were doing well but didn't mention anyone on the defensive line, and I think that's what they were talking about as a whole, right? Defense as a collective. But he brings up a great point. I mean, he has seen bits of improvement from each of the guys that he mentioned, but I think the pressure for Allen Williams goes week one. Week one of the of the new season. Oh yeah, it's gonna be on. Like, oh no, no, hundred percent. I don't know. I, I cannot remember a single call. Maybe maybe a text or two to the score regarding Allen. Like what's what's up with Allen Williams? Because that would have had that will. You're right. That that will in any other year. Everybody is talking about every single coordinator. And in fact, ironically, <laughs> the offensive coordinator was talked about mid-season for. Getting a head coaching, coaching job, <laughs> like it just seems so silly to think about that, but it's true. Like they they have they pulled the Bears have pulled it off this year in terms of sort of uh, having support and and also at the same time having a franchise worst nine game losing streak. What will is tied for a franchise worth thirteen losses in the season could go to fourteen, and yet there is a very patient yet expecting fan base standing by kind of folding their arms and kind of sure. tilting well, their Brody, head. Brody, wouldn't you say cuz you and I had extensive conversations at the beginning of the season, wouldn't you say that stems directly from the transparency of the team as a whole? I think them actually just kind of saying what was going on from yeah. the beginning. There wasn't anything left for doubt there. You you knew what was going on. The trades made it 
very obvious what was happening. So then that allowed the fan base to kind of digest it in a different way. Right. And in modern fan bases, and this has been going on for, you know, probably a decade plus now, we are very accepting of rebuilds. Like, rebuilds are kind of cool. You know, because you kind of get to play along, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're drafting, and play GM also. You, you're getting big time prospects, whether it's baseball or other sports. And in this case, you're going to have a very high draft pick. So I think there's patience in general with the concept of tanking or tear down, rebuild, re, you know, whatever phraseology you want to use. So I, I think that that has something to do with it. Huh? Um, we have yet to hear from one more coordinator for the Bears, and that is uh, Richard Hightower, number three. Did we see something unlock with Bayless Jones on kick returns? I mean, is he, is he there now? I, I would never say any player is there. I, I just would say that the guys, there's always room for improvement as there is in coaching, as there is in everything. But he's definitely trending arrow up in a really good direction. And his blockers, I can tell you they enjoy blocking for him. Like, it's different when you have a guy back there that you know that can go to the house. Um, people really enjoy blocking for him. That's been outstanding. It's interesting he, he said that last statement, that people enjoy blocking for yeah. him. Because Jason McKee was on 670 to score I heard it. with Hogue and Haw, and he was talking about, you know, wanting to give up his offensive responsibilities on the team just so he could block for Devin Hester, so I think that's high praise when when your 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 teammates on, on special teams say says something like that. Hey man, I heard the same thing, and then I heard actually Dan Pompey on the Bears show coming in saying like guys like Charles Tillman and Lance Briggs and some of these guys they wanted to be they wanted to be in the photo so to speak. You know what I mean? They wanted to they make wanted the, to run block to the end zone too. that unlocked a a history maker in this guy, but. I mean, the main thing that I wanted to know from Richard Hightower today is, okay, can we, we look at Bayless Jones. It's been a rough season for him offensively, but can we now say that he has the kick return thing down? The punt, they still have no interest in him returning That's punts, so as was evident when the first-string punt guy got <laughs> injured, and they still weren't interested. They went to, they went Tristan, to Ebner? Tristan Ebner. I saw that. Instead. I was like, what is he doing yeah, and back Ebner, there? And that's not out of completely thin air. I mean, Tristan Ebner was returning kicks earlier in the yeah. year, so it wasn't just like, ah, you, we'll, we'll go with that guy. Uh, but they are not interested in him as a punt returner. But he's looked really good recently on his last six or seven kick returns. He's really good on those. It's really good to good. see him bounce back, right, Gross? Yes, I mean, absolutely. When, uh, obviously, people have been coming down on him, myself included. But when you can see him bounce back and have some some highlight moments that makes you feel good about him and, and show the growth that, that, that he's you know can, can learn from, that makes you feel good as a Bears fan. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that, that that's real stuff, too. Because I thought it was, honestly, a couple of weeks ago when he had his, his most recent fumble, and I asked Matt Eberflus, do you guys automatically throw him right back out there? And he said, we're going to meet with coaches. We're going to see... And I thought that that meant he, he was done, like on offense at least. And then he has the 44-yard catch. Yeah. I did not think I was going to see Bayless Jones Jr. for another play after that game. I thought it, I that thought, was it. Same. I was like, oh, okay. Same. And, and they, Sit him down. And see you next season. Okay, credit, I'll give credit to the Bears there. I mean, 
They know their players, and they thought it was best that the guy get right back out there, and it worked because here we are saying they have to. Grody, they have to do something like that, right? Because it's their guy. It's their guy. It's their know. first draft. No, because it gets it's a their... little demoralizing after a while. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're Bayless Jones and you're you're fumbling in key spots. But if spots it was a Ryan here, Pace guy, he'd be gone no, for no, sure. No, I, I understand that. It's concept. a Ryan Poles guy. I, I got you. I mean, that's the same reason Braxton Jones has started every single game at left tackle, and he's been fine. Sure. But you know, you're right. Of course, the 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 most powerful person personnel wise is Ryan Poles. So if he says, yeah, give, give that guy another, <laughs> give him another shot. Go he's ahead. good. He's good trust me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And you know, while, while we're at it, oh. let's, let's not have Justin Fields play this week. <laughs> I'm Ryan Poles. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't opened the door to this room very often throughout this season. Yeah, yeah. But then you hear Creek. Okay. What's up, guys? Hey, uh, hey. So I was thinking. Good uh, to see you, Ryan Poles. <laughs> yeah. I have a thought. Here's here. one thing. I love everything you guys are doing. All right. Let's there's the trifecta, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. That's a magic number. Right here on 670, the score. We are here for the Miller Lite Top Draft Show at Offside Sports Bar and Grill in Woodstock. Uh, we are going to be here until 10 o'clock. Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody, hanging out with you again. We got tickets to go see the Bears, yes. an opportunity for you to get on the field. All those things happening. All you got to do is come hang out, talk to our two promo guys, Eric and Brandon. Uh, they're going to be holding you down. So, again, uh, offsides until 10 o'clock. Uh, one guy we did not get a chance to hear from, Grody, that I know you spoke or I got the chance to speak yeah. with is Chase Claypool. Who addressed the issue on the sideline with Justin Fields? I cannot wait to hear this audio and to hear what he had to say for himself. You guys will get the same opportunity after the break. All right, it's Gabe and Grody at the Miller Lite Top Draft Show right here on 670 The Score. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yeah, he he was frustrated. You know, he's a he's a passionate player. He's he's passionate about the game, but you know, I, I think you know his emotions. You know, he, he was just showing his emotion, which is which is cool. To, it's 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 great to have emotion in the game, but you just have to know you know how to control it. I mean, you, you can't let it you know come out like that because at the end of the day, that's that's not helping anybody. That's not helping the team. Everybody's frustrated. You know, we're getting blown out. Like just 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 call it what it is. We're we're getting you know we got punched in the mouth. Everybody you know everybody feels that way, but. You know, we talked to him. I talked to him like, you know, that's not going to do anything. That's that's not helping anybody. That's just, you know, spreading everybody apart. You know, we need to be here uh, for each other, stick with each other and you know, fight. 
That was Justin Fields talking about Chase Claypool, the incident that happened on the sideline, what he felt was, you know, should happen in that moment. We had the opportunity to talk to Boomer Esiason about the whole thing, him saying that, you know, receivers didn't do that back in the day. They all wanted the ball, but they didn't blow up like that. I mean, that that shocked me when he said that. Did it shock you when he said that? Yeah, I mean, especially, you know, I, you know, I followed up with, you're, you're telling me Chris Collinsworth yeah, yeah, never mouthed off <laughs> to you? I mean, all signs are that Chris <laughs> Collinsworth would be one who would mouth off to people. But no, it, it yeah, it, it must have changed. I mean, it was like kind of that, I was going to say the Jerry Rice era, but he, he wasn't like that. Obviously, his, you know, um, Terrell Owens was like that. I right. mean, there are many wide receivers. I don't think there's as many nowadays. But, yeah, Chase Claypool had that little, you know, mini blow-up on the sideline. He was not happy with the way things were going. I mean, we, you and I talked about this the other day. I needed somebody to be pissed off after yeah. that game. And that was really one of the first times this year that I stepped into that role of, I think, you know, it just seemed like there were so many sins against the hits principle in that game. And Eberflus has, you know, been consistent as, as can be about the hits principle. But then when it came to a game in which it was violated badly, he didn't have much to say about it, at least to the media. And I thought that it could have used a little something. Uh, so, so I was okay with Claypool getting angry on the sideline. We talked to Claypool today. I, I am looking very forward. I have a very distinct opinion about what Chase Claypool okay. is about I've yet to, to hear say. this audio, so I'm so and excited. I'm looking forward to hearing what you think and, and to what you guys listening think. 312-644-6767, call or text. So here is Chase Claypool from just a few hours ago today. I was all fired up because, uh, you know, we can't lose that bad ever. So you got to have a little more pride, have a little more heart. Don't let that happen again. What do you say about him as the quarterback of this team to kind of take leadership in that moment? It's good. We had a good little back and forth. Like, you know, I was telling him my side, he was telling me his side, and we came to a common uh, ground. So it's always good when you can have that exchange with a quarterback that um, always follows up with mutual respect. What was your, what was your side? My side was just like, you know, we're coming off the field three and out, sit on the bench, do the same uh, same thing over. You know, something, something, something got to change in that moment. We got to realize, like, the drives where we have to score. We have to realize um, when it's not okay to go three and out. And, like, we got to act that way. You know, like, if we go three and out, it can't just be okay. Um, and it isn't, but you know what I'm saying, like, we got to really, like, have that fire and energy and realize, like, yo, like, it's time to go. We went three and out two times in a row. They're scoring points. Lead's getting bigger. What are we going to do about it? Was that, was that a buildup of frustration boiling over? Just a buildup of that game, you know. Like, you know, like, I just always believe that we're, we're in every game no matter what scores. Um, so if it's third quarter, we're down 21. Like, I still think we can win. And I want I want to see other people believe that with me, you know. Um, I don't want people to get comfortable with going three and out. Like, damn, we've been here before, you know. Like, we've been here before and we know how to lose. It's like, not know how to lose, but, like, find that comfort. And like, damn, this just happened last week or this just happened two weeks ago or three weeks ago. we got to be uncomfortable with being in that position. It's all about mentality. Yeah. And I get it. Like, you know, I get it. I don't get it. Like, end of the, like near the end of the season, you know, people are beat up and stuff like that. But, you know, every week, no matter what the record is or what it looks like in the season, like, 
got win every game in the playoffs. We got a chance to. We got a chance every game. All right. I appreciate his candidness right there. Chase Claypool talking about the situation on the sideline. I love the follow-up question. So what was your side? Yeah. yeah. Whoever asked that. Yeah, I think it's Patrick Finley. Shout out Patrick Finley. That was a great question right there. I love the directness there. Um, A couple things, girls, before I get your opinion, because I know you said you have a strong one. It sounded like it was frustration with the play calling. sounded like, uh, come on, Lou Getze, a lot of you are doing the same things in there. And if you look back to that second half, what were they doing during those three and outs? David Montgomery, Justin Fields to the, to the edge. I mean, those kinds of things. So I, I, I understand him saying, saying that, and I, that's what it sounded like to me. I love the concept of wanting to win despite, regardless of what the score is. Doesn't want complacency and people getting into that, that, that feeling of, hey, you know, we know what this is. We're down. This, this is what we do. We lose here, right? So I, I get that. And I think more importantly, what I appreciated from Chase Claypool from that audio again, that was the first time I heard it. Was the was the deme- like his demeanor while giving the, the 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 interview, right? Where he wasn't taken back to that place and then got emotional again. Right. You know, he wasn't like, dude, I'm telling you guys, this is what it is. It was, hey, you know what? Uh, this is how I felt. You know, and I really like I appreciated that because it's really easy to take yourself back to that place and to get worked up again, but to be able to process it, explain it, rehash it and do it in a professional way that he did while letting some truth slip out, I appreciated it. And he's not sorry. Not <laughs> zero. No, 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 I mean, no. Maybe, maybe he's implying a little sorry, not sorry in there. No, I heard no sorry I loved what there. he said. I absolutely love Good. what Chase Clay, and you know, I know this turns into a, what has this guy done on the field? He hasn't done anything. And I guess that that kind of stuff is fair. But it, it, that is one of the most mature things that I have heard out of a Bears player this year. And as I said, it's been a good locker room. Right. But he's talking about you can't, it, you can't be comfortable with these losses. Love that. We understand that, yes, that we've lost nine in a row, and th- this team is not set up for success personnel-wise. But it can't. It can't just. It's not just okay. It can't. It, it, quoting him, three and I can't have three and outs. This is a a guy. I loved hearing that because now I know that Chase Claypool cares. Yeah. Like he's putting up a fit on the sideline on a team that's on the verge of losing a ninth straight game, and he was just dropped in here in November, uh, and he he is saying something so solid. I mean that's. That's like that's what a leader says, and I don't know if that he emerges as that because of this. I don't think anything dramatic like that, but that's that's leadership, man. If, and if, I don't care what he hasn't done. That 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 is something to talk about. Yeah, what he has, but that's a separate topic. But no, I think you're absolutely right when you're talking about the leaders aspect of it, right, Groats? I mean, you're talking about if you're looking at the wide receiver room, a bunch of you know what people have called replacements or like the B guys, the B team, right? So no one in that space is gonna feel like. They can come out and say, hey, what the hell? We're losing these games, bro. What's up? Step up. Let's do something yeah. about it. Like, none of those guys feel like that. Chase Claypool comes in the very middle and, you know, with that bravado, and you're like, yeah, yes. It's so nice. I, I do, I, I agree with you. I think he does have those leadership qualities because you have to lead by example. So if you're the guy that's out there, whether it's, whether it's Coach Eberflus, Justin Fields, or Chase Claypool, you're out there saying, hey, no, we're putting our best effort in. And listen, it's not just this interview that we heard from Chase Claypool where it gives you the, the idea that he can't be that guy. It's, it's the one before this when he talked about, you know, uh, 
hey, I'm glad the Bears traded away a second draft pick or a second round draft pick for me because I know the Bears got the better end of that. Like guys that yeah. say things like that, they really want to prove themselves right in those right. situations. Now you know he cares. And th this whole thing, ironically, the and it's not even I don't know. Do we call it a blow up? He overheated on the sideline. Yeah, I don't really know it. how you no, want to no phrase because I didn't see it. I, yeah. I was not there. I did Emotion. not see it. You I did not see any video of it. I think it was actually Kevin Fishbane who was actually the only one who caught it. Because <laughs> remember, I was asking for the give me the TV. Yeah. What the Joni accent? No, nobody <laughs> saw it except for the mighty eagle eyes of Kevin Fishbane. But the whole thing is a win because that gave Justin Fields a chance to show off leadership and to get in front of us, the media, and say, you know, it, it, that kind of thing can't happen. We had a good talk. And then, then there's the trickle-down effect because then Luke Getzey's talking about that today. He's like, oh, he handled it perfectly. Matt Eberflus on Monday said, I don't have to say anything about it because our leader, Justin Fields, <laughs> said it all. So it's like the whole thing turned out to be a win. And I, I also say a win because... I think we just learned something about Chase Claypool. Yeah, the player. What, what, gross? Let's talk about his stats. I mean, because obviously a lot of people are down on him from you know lack of productivity while being with the Chicago Bears. As well, they should. Be. And it's understandable. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. But are we? Are you specifically, Grody? Are you in a position now where you're saying to yourself? Ah, but I still think there's believability there. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not chronically worried. That's why I okay. like to look at it. I don't think this is a chronic issue with Chase Claypool. I, I really don't. I think it was um, – I don't remember who I was listening to, but somebody – it was on the score today, and it was a good point – and that they're not necessarily going to be depending on Chase Claypool right. to be the number one guy. I mean, like you, you could like coming out of Pitt, like you probably could, or excuse me, Notre Dame going to Pittsburgh, you probably could have looked at that guy and and the size, speed, and all that, and said, oh yeah, this is a number one. I don't think that that's what they're going to depend on him for. It's got to get a lot better, but I've seen enough evidence in what he did in his rookie year and some this past year with Pittsburgh to know that it, it will get a, a, a lot better. Is it going to be a 1,500-yard guy? I don't know about that, but, right. but I mean, 700, 800, maybe even a 1,000-yard guy. Let him be part of the yeah. group. I mean, yeah. they yeah. brought in a bunch of guys this year, and if you're saying who you prefer to have out of that you know, hodgepodge wide receivers, I'm sure you'd look to Chase Claypool to be one of those guys. You mentioned his rookie year, 62 catches. 873 yards, nine touchdowns. Year two, 59 catches, 860 yards. Talk about like it's the same productivity of a year, year in a year out. Uh, but obviously dropped in touchdowns a little bit. That's where they were a bit concerned. And then year three um, with the Bears and Pittsburgh combined, 14 games, 44 catches for 422 yards. So a little bit of a dip there. Obviously injuries coming to a new squad, but. If you're telling me, right, next year, Grody, you got Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, and then fill in the blank, I feel good about that yeah. to, as my top three receivers on a Chicago Bears team. And like I told you a couple times, my the, where I'm setting the bar for receiver is, and that, that's great. I mean, those two guys, terrific. I've been yes. very comfortable with <laughs> yes, them yes. on the roster. And equanimity is just blocking for everybody. Yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> blocking I'm, for I'm everybody. I'm getting happy right now. <laughs> no, it's good. But the, the goal for the offseason, get somebody better than Darnell Mooney. Then, okay. And then you have, because Darnell Mooney is good. Yeah. Darnell Mooney's not great. Get somebody who is better or you feel like eventually will be better than Darnell Mooney. How do you think the room will be 
if that person is a rookie, you know, like a younger guy coming in with all these wily veterans, like who knows who's still going to be in the room next year. But, you know, you do have a Darnell, you do have a Chase Claypool, you do have an Equinemius for certain. And then, you know, the 21-year-old stud yeah. comes in feeling himself. How, how do you think that – I mean, you're around these guys. How do you think – That'll affect them personally. It's the way the NFL world works. I mean, everybody understands okay. when the, the new hot shot young player. I mean, think about it with uh, Justin Fields. Like, he comes in, and then all of a sudden, it's we're asking Andy Dalton more questions about Justin Fields right. than we're asking him about Andy Dalton. It's like, okay, how do you think you're going to do this? Like, oh, that's great. So what about Justin Fields? <laughs> what do you think about him? So uh, that, I'm, I'm it, still it, starting. It, it might it might drive pl- players crazy, but they, it, by now they get it and they understand it. And I mean, if, if those players are being honest with themselves, that they they know that they have not emerged as number one receivers yet this year. Chase Claypool has not like shown that he is a absolute no doubt about it number one wide receiver. Darnell Mooney has tinkered with it. Like I feel like he's kind of like last year. He showed he's convincing. had some games where yeah. he's looked like. A, a top wide receiver, but like it's not without gray area. So I think that if this was a roster filled with guys like that were kind of teetering closer to sure. that, then it could be, you know, I, I don't know, problematic, but it would be hyper competitive. Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody here at the Miller Light Top Draft Show, Offside Sports Bar and Grill in Woodstock. Yo. Oh, I love it. I'm a sucker for cheers. I'll stop the whole show <laughs> if you guys are going to cheer. I, I, he likes a, yeah, he likes a, he likes a big uh, kiss on the cheek every once in a while, too. So I, pre- I prefer the pat on the yeah, back. Yeah, Ramblin' Grimms, come on up here. <laughs> My friend here no. needs a little kiss hey, on hey, the cheek. He apologized to you already. He's going to be apologizing <laughs> to me if that happens. And then I'm going to have to apologize <laughs> yeah, to yeah, you, too. Apologize. Uh, but we are here hanging out. End. Big shout-out to Miller Life for taking care of us all season long, uh, doing a phenomenal job. they got Miller Specials today, uh, so make sure you guys come through. We're going to be here till 10 o'clock. Before we go to break, Groats, you know, sticking with the offense, sticking with the, the pass catchers, so to speak, is Cole Komet your starting tight end next year, or are you bringing in the way that Poles has with the offensive line, with the wide receivers, or are you bringing in – a couple of guys to compete for that specific job. I think that Colt Clement will be the starter. I don't think that that will mean that you won't hear that, though, that you'll hear Ryan Poles say or Matt Eberflus say, what's this guy doing here? Right. He's competing with – like, I don't think that it like Colt Clement is a guy that is unbeatable of his position. Like, you can't do better than that. But I think that they like him, and I think that's that what I'm asking. He, if, if, no, I think if, that he's their type the of guy. Evaluation process. He's their type of he's guy. That guy. He is their type of guy. There's no doubt about that. Really? He's got one more year on his contract. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if he was a guy that they talked to as well about an extension. You know, I, mean, I don't know like a big whopper career making extension, but and I, and I do talk you believe to, in him? I, I yeah, I as do. like that, that like, as a and I want to be very clear. I don't just mean as some regular run of the mill tight end in the NFL. I mean, as a top tier. No, no, I don't think he's that top tier. And I don't mean top tier. Okay, so far. I mean, there's some really top tier. Right, 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 right. Okay, Kittle, you got Andrews. Put those two guys aside. Yeah. Kelsey, right. Put those three guys aside. Okay. Second tier of tight ends. Out of how many tiers? (laughs) Three? Give me. Is he in the middle? Is he in the next top five? I, I don't think he is yet. I don't think he is yet, but I do think that he can because we've seen the progression. You know what I mean? Like we've seen him get better. Like this year, like I noticed him. I noticed okay. him Fair a lot enough. more. And there was a couple of like spectacular catches as well. You looked very skeptical 
go right now about Cole Komet. And it's okay. I just want I, the, I just I just I know what it felt like over the last couple of years to give guys positions and what their productivity looked like. And not saying that Cole Komet isn't gonna produce at a high level. I just I want somebody on his, you know, on his shoulder, somebody, you know, breathing down his neck, like, hey, I'm a pass catcher. I'm a big tight end that got good hands. I can, you know, catch a jump ball in the end zone, something we haven't seen from Cole Komet all season yeah. long. Right? Somebody like that, a different type of weapon that maybe you'd question whether or not you're having him in certain situations. With, with all they have to do in this offseason and going Fair forward, I, I don't know that no, – I don't know that they'll take care of that this year. Like, I don't think that they'll look at tight end and say, you know what, maybe he's not the guy in three years or four, but he's that, like, Cole Komet is good enough for us to feel comfortable with that position. And, on other things. And go address other things, okay. like the wide receiver okay. spot we were just talking about, All and right. offensive line, and defensive line, and linebacker, <laughs> and uh, playing Running that game. back, yeah. you still got to worry about that. Yeah, you like, got a lot of things I'm, to go Like, go man, on. I'm just a one big run-on sentence here uh, when I get uh, well, there. One thing you don't have to worry about is some good times, and that's what you're having right now. Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody. I hear it offside sports bar and grill. Gonna take a break. Yeah. Gonna get an opportunity to talk about some bulls on the other side. Don't forget Mark Shanowski hanging out with us at 8 o'clock. It's the Miller Light Top Draft Show right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 the score. 11 seconds remaining, and the Bulls are about to snap a 12-game win streak by the Brooklyn Nets as Kyrie will walk it over the midcourt line, and this ball game is over. Bulls win! Bulls win! Bulls win. Let's dance. 121-112. Bulls. That hurt, man. I just I picture right there some Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch right after Chuck says that. Bulls win. Time to dance. It's such a good vibration. <laughs> I don't know. It was hurt. Like, those are some bullets coming. Bulls win. Bulls win. I mean, woo. I think it was, I think, you know, you and I talked about the game at length. We were, we, we discussed who would be the high scorer. That's right. You had? I had Zach Levine, who was not the high scorer in the game. <laughs> I had, I had uh, Kyrie Irving, who had a terrible shooting night. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the answer was, anybody know who was the high scorer against the Brooklyn Nets the other night? Bulls, Nets. Who scored the most points in that game? Anybody. Yeah. yeah. Kevin Durant had 44 points. Give that guy a Miller Lite bo yeah. bottle opener. Yeah, give him something. <laughs> something. Um, yeah, because, yeah, you said... Kyrie. I thought it was going to be Kyrie. I thought like that first the way the first half was going for Durant that he was like, "Yo, I'm sniffing Donovan Mitchell." Yeah. Like he's thinking, "I saw I saw the Bulls play defense the other night against uh, Cleveland." So I I read seriously and he was talking. It Durant's was, up there talking. I'm like, "Yeah, he blocked somebody's shot and then he was talking to the bench he at sure one was. point. That was tough." It was uh <clears throat> if I told you Grody before the game when we were on the air that Zach Levine would have 13 points, you would not then tell me that the Bulls would win. Correct. <laughs> That's absolutely if correct. That, if that were the case, but, but that, that is what happened yesterday. Bulls again snapping Brooklyn's 12-game winning streak, 117-110. When you look at Brooklyn, because we're going to get a chance to talk to Mark Chanowski about the Bulls at the top of the hour. When you look at Brooklyn, obviously they dealt with a lot of issues you know, this season, Kyrie and all the drama. KD, even before the season, wanted to get out of town. Then they changed coaches. They get rid of Steve Nash. They bring in Jacques Vaughn, former Kansas guy, Utah Jazz guy. And he kind of writes the ship. How important is it, do you think? I mean, I just saw Shaq's 
documentary on HBO Max 2, and he was talking about Phil Jackson and what he was able to do, Pat Riley, what he was able to do. Why is it so important to have the, that caliber of a coach, someone that, that you can listen to, so to speak, if you're a superstar? Why, like, why do you think yeah, that even like, comes into play? Yeah, right. Like, why, why was Phil Jackson so good with dealing with superstars? Right. It's like, we've got them all here. Okay. Now we're bringing in the finisher. <laughs> And the it happens, finisher. It happens in every sport, right? Baseball. You got about Steve, Joe Madden. You know, Steve you got, Kerr. Steve Kerr comes in and just takes away. Why do you think that is? I, I don't know. Like, why? Why? Do you, are you asking specifically superstars and why they respond differently to coaches? Or are you talking about coaching in general? Like, why? Not like yeah, Why the, the they former. would respond to one guy? The former. It's it's why superstars uh, seem to to respond differently to certain coaches well, a specific I, I think, type of coach i think it's very personalized now in the nba like these guys kind of get who they want or i don't know if they they actually select the coaches but it's certainly they're going to put it past these guys or check in with them you know what i mean like there's like they're not like lebron james is not going to probably have a head coach he's not interested right. in having <laughs> there Ever. so so i think that there is some there is a comfort level and I would imagine that that's just more player to player and what they respond. And some of it's luck, too. Right. I mean, Steve Kerr is living the good life after taking the job. And, you know. Remember, he turned down the Knicks job originally. He that's was right. Supposed to, he was supposed that's to get the Knicks right. job. And we all thought he was crazy for that. I was one of those people. Absolutely. It's like, dude, it's I was the Knicks. Like, yeah, who do you think you are, man? <laughs> yeah, you who just, do you think you are? Exactly. How dare you turn down the yeah, Big look, Apple look at you. for never, Golden State? Never, never coached. You know, was never been a head coach. And now it's like, ah, no thanks on the Knicks. I'll just, I'll just go ahead and take And he obviously made the, the right decision. But. Because right there, too, Groves, I mean, you know, based off what we're talking about, Kerr is in some, you know, you know, wasn't seen as some wizard that was going to be able to come in. and But but his relationship with Curry, we've seen it played out on social media, the conversations they have, the way he talks to him. It's just, you're right, I think it needs to be a personalized approach. But it's so unique because, again, I was watching that Shaq documentary. <clears throat> excuse me. And when he got to the Lakers and, and you know, they were being coached by, by Kurt Rambis. They were being coached by Del Harris. And then finally they were losing in the finals to Utah in ninety. Uh, seven and then in 98 and then they, they said okay we bring in phil jackson the closer and, and then phil jackson's like out here playing mind tricks on kobe and Shaq, and then all of a sudden it, it just, just gets winning. together and it's yeah. like it's just so odd in those moments i guess it strikes me because you look at this bulls team and you do have you know what we would call superstars and zach levine demar derozan and you're wondering especially with zach coming out and saying hey the my role isn't defined you're wondering you know I hate to talk trash about Billy Donovan, but it's like you're wondering what's going on there and why can't he then get the best out of everybody that's on the Well, as, what's interesting is actually we do have some audio that maybe we could play later or if we could find it now, I don't know. Yeah. Because we're just kind of throwing this out there. But Billy Donovan was talking about that today. He was talking about Zach Levine and how – and you get, and you and I have talked about this. At what point – is Zach Levine going to start to get irritated sure. that that final shot has nothing to do with him and that it's automatically DeMar DeRozan? And, you know, and we'll hear the audio here eventually, but, but Billy Donovan, just, just to paraphrase what he's saying, he, he's saying that there is no, not necessarily a directive for DeMar DeRozan to take all of these shots. Like, like, we don't know everything that is going on, that, that, that it is, they want the best 
possible shot. And if it's going to be Zach, if it's going to be DeMar, it, Donovan made it sound like it doesn't really matter. It could be Vucevic. Right. But it was really interesting just based on all the conversations that you and I have been That's, having and some stuff that was in the Bulls. Grody, it is extremely frustrating to hear that because – that's exactly the, 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 the mountain or the hill that I've been standing on lately is that these guys don't have a role and they're, they're being you know, thrown onto the court to figure it out themselves. And what you're saying is exactly that. And I think that that's frustrating not only Why? as a fan. It should be frustrating because Donovan, is to me, what I heard was you could eventually see Zach Levine taking a last second shot. Like this isn't just- like, they didn't sign DeMar DeRozan at the beginning of the year and say, you're going to get all the last-second shots just right. because of everything that you've done, you know, last year and the, the magical moments. But that's what it seems like. It, it has seemed like that. <laughs> that's why I was surprised to hear it. Uh, that's why that's I, I was surprised to hear Billy Donovan say that today, that there was a whole – and it's a pretty lengthy explanation. So I think it's something that you and I have right. needed. So we'll, we'll get I just to think that when later. I, when I think when I, when I look at successful teams in the NBA, there, there are clear and defined roles – for people, that's what, I mean. That's the saying, right? Know your role, play your position. I mean, that's not just something that they say in hip hop. That's like in sports as well. And so I think that's why it's frustrating. Where I would love there to just be defined roles, so that that way guys know. And I think you can have a more successful team. And that's why I push for it so much. When you're thinking about, uh, you know, the Chicago Bulls and their problems, you got to come with some sort of solutions. You can't just come on the radio as a host or you know as an analyst and just be like, yeah, Bulls bad. Uh, mm. Zach shots, you know, mm-hmm. DeMar not making it, Vooch, uh, too many three-pointers. Well, that's not a solution. You're just pointing out the problems. Yeah, it right? feels good, though. <laughs> it just sounds like, hey, man, brother, come on. As I was saying, Keep I was working you up right there. You're right, gang. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> do Great monologue. Like oh, wait, you want solutions? Oh, crap. Oh, damn, I forgot. We're in that business, too. I don't know how to fix it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Trade well, we, them? I don't know. <laughs> we do get to talk some more Bulls. At the top of the hour with Mark Shanowski. He is the host of Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast with Stacey King. He's going to jump on, talk to us a little bit about this Bulls victory and uh, these, these lack of defined roles for the Chicago Bulls. Uh, we'll talk to Mark on the other side. Uh, it's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody here at Offsides Sports Bar and Grill for the Miller Lite Top Draft Show. The Miller Lights are flowing. If you got a Miller Lite, let me hear you say, hell yeah. Like that. Look at that. Well, People great, are great. All right, Mark Shinovsky joins us next. It's Gabe and Grody on 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.